Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode covers Twin Peaks Season 3, Part 13, In the Weeds. We're going to look at the character statistics, who's on for, you know, how long and how that compares to other episodes. We're going to look at the order of events, uh, because often things take place a little bit out of chronology, especially in this episode. So we're trying to figure out when does when do these scenes actually occur in the whole overall timeline. And then also, of course, uh, digging around in the dirt, we can't help but look at uh, coffee pie and donuts as a motif that repeats throughout Twin Peaks. As far as the order of events go, this is the episode where the screwy chronology just became unavoidable to most viewers. Like they realized, okay, there's no ambiguity here. This show is taking place out of order. Mainly because Bobby comes into the diner and says, oh yeah, earlier today, uh, you know, even though we've seen all these intervals of nights and days, he says, oh, earlier today we found my father's uh, note. And that's like, okay, so that's that. <laughs> we now know. Plus the fact that in the beginning of the episode, maybe this, you know, this was just as big in a way. We see Cooper parading into the office. He's obviously been out all night with the Mitchums. And yet in the previous episode, we saw him playing ball with his son. That's a scene that's obviously has to be out of order. We've now got two scenes in this episode that are blatantly out of order. And so that was that. And so now breaking that down, when do these... Uh, different events take place. Thursday, September 29th, is when Bobby sees Ed and Norma at the diner, and Jacoby sees Nadine's shovel, when James sings Just You, and Ed drinks soup. It's probably when Hutch and Chantel are, are traveling through Utah, and it could be when Sarah drinks, uh, in which case it would be, this would actually be before her shopping trip, probably. But all of that, as I said, is kind of ambiguous. That's where I choose to place some of this stuff. And some of it has to be there. On Friday, September 30th, that's when Becky calls Shelly. That's when the Mitchums bring Dougie to the office. And Sonny gets his gym set. And the Fuscos are looking up Dougie. And Anthony goes to the police station to get his poison. Which means that it has to be Saturday, October 1st. And this actually, I think, is pretty locked in as far as dates go. Um, some of this is speculation. It, it's ambiguous. But this is like, it kind of has to be a Saturday. Dougie has to work six days in a row. For, the, for his storyline to make any real sense. Uh, unless we're skipping a weekend, and I don't think there's room to skip anything. I think everything leads pretty seamlessly into the next day. There's like direct references to each thing taking place the day after the other thing. Dougie saving Anthony has to take place on a Saturday. So why are they coming to the office on a Saturday? I don't know. Maybe he said, hey, can you meet me in the lobby tomorrow? I have something to discuss, but... Uh, they may also be working. Also, Saturday, October 1st, I think it makes sense for that to be when Mr. C does the arm wrestling. As with the previous episode, I'm placing the Audrey and Charlie scenes. Uh, for now, we'll say, why not October 1st, uh, the Saturday? This is clearly the same night as the previous one. The characters introduced in this episode are Renzo and Muddy at the, at the, at the uh, Montana warehouse, and you have Detective Clark. We do also meet Walter, Walter being the manager of the Double R franchises, and apparently, it seems, at least moment, at least Norma's boyfriend. Also, the Zymon waitress, uh, the head mover, the guy bringing the new car and gym set, the whole farm gang, including the accountant, the Double R waitress taking Bobby's order, the singers who are accompanying James, Clark's crooked partner, the other policeman, the man in the urinal who comments when Anthony comes in with the coffee, the woman and the cops in the other room screaming off screen, and then the credits list a desk sergeant. Um, I think it might be the guy I forgot to mention in part nine. I think he's an off-screen voice in this as well, but we do see him in part nine. The character who is reintroduced in this episode, the only one, is Big Ed. We had to wait 13 episodes to see him, although he was mentioned earlier. 
The character rankings in this episode are number 10, James, with about three minutes. Number nine, Walter, with about four minutes. The board would like you to consider some alternatives without sacrificing any of the high standards that you're so well known for. Number eight is Bushnell with four minutes. I'm not really asking. Number seven is Norma with five minutes. All my ingredients are natural, organic, local. Number six is Muddy with six minutes. Stay, lose, and you do not do what Renzo says, you die. Number five is Ed with about eight minutes. Bobby, get your butt back over here. It's no good eating alone. Number four is Renzo with about nine minutes. That was from the nursery school teacher. Number three is Anthony with about 10 minutes. Yes, even if I die in the process, I haven't slept for weeks. Number two is Ray with about 14 minutes. I killed that guy. He's the one I told you about. He's in a lot of this episode because he's just there throughout the whole warehouse scene. Even after he's shot, he's lying there on the floor dead. Number one, unsurprisingly, is Cooper with about 24 minutes. As Dougie for about nine minutes, as Mr. C for about 14 minutes, making up for lost time. Seven heaven. This is Ray's first time topping the non-Cooper ensemble. His late partner, Daria, was second to Cooper back in part two. And, you know, I guess there's something to be said for uh, topping an episode. Sometimes it leads to your death, apparently. For both of them, it did. In terms of successive episodes with prominent screen time, who's on a hot streak? Well, for the first time in all of Twin Peaks, no character including Cooper, because he was barely in the last one, carries over five minutes or more of screen time in the last episode to that much screen time in this episode. First time ever, all of Twin Peaks, because usually Cooper carried that forward. Who's returning to the show after four more episodes of absence? Ray Monroe is back five episodes after his last appearance in Part 8. When he shot Mr. C and then fled, James Hurley is back 11 episodes after his last appearance in Part 2, when he showed up at the roadhouse with his green-gloved British friend, who we haven't seen since. Renee uh, was last seen 11 episodes ago, in part two as well, when she was discussing James with Shelley and the other friends as he stared at her in the roadhouse. And Big Ed Hurley is back, 13 entries after his last appearance in The Missing Pieces, drunk and cuddling with Norma in a parked car. Now, that's the last time that we saw that story in viewing order. In terms of chronology, the last time we saw, or that we saw that character, I already talked about the uh, Ed and Norma as a story. The last time we actually saw Big Ed as a character um, in terms of the timeline was back in the season two finale, when he just looks crushed as he realized Nadine is back, him and uh, Norma won't be able to get back together, and now it looks like 25 years later that's still the case. For Coffee, Pie, and Donuts... We see uh, coffee and donuts in the office at the beginning. I actually don't remember if we see donuts, but we do see coffee. We see coffee from Simon's, the place that's actually called Simon's Coffee, the little restaurant in the or the bakery in the uh, lobby. They highlight their coffee, but of course they also have a cherry pie. And uh, Cooper goes in to just stare at the pie, and the waitress is charmed by the fact that he's so into this pie and offers him a slice so pie and coffee are very big in this episode and you know it's interesting throughout the return i think in the original two seasons coffee pie and donuts are not really plot points usually they're just like props they're motifs on the show that 
there's constant reference to and kind of a grin, but they're not like directly involved in the plot usually. Throughout the return, they actually are closely involved with the plot in a lot of ways. The cherry pie, most obviously, but also the coffee here is what Anthony places the poison in to kill Cooper. And then when he decides he doesn't want to do it, he runs out into the bathroom and dumps it in the urinal. And another guy says, oh, that bad, huh? And that that actor, by the way, is like a longtime crew member of Lynch's who... Uh, gets interviewed in the Firewalk With Me documentary on the Blu-ray, which is definitely worth watching to get to get off track. Also, uh, what else do we have in here for Coffee, Pie, and Donuts? We've got uh, Becky calling Shelly. It's a plot point there as well, where Shelly is actually using the pie to get Becky feeling better and get her over to the restaurant. Pie helps everything, you know, makes people feel better, at least for the moment. And Pie is also a plot point with Norma and uh, Walter when she gets him to admit that they're using... The other restaurants are using different ingredients that aren't as good. They're not organic, natural, fresh, etc. But he says, well, we're following your recipe. We're just using discretion where we get the product from. He's very smooth and tries to kind of gloss over it. But she's troubled by this. Like, her pies are special, and that's like her centerpiece. So, And he's even telling her to maybe make the pies different at her own restaurant. She's delivering too much value for the price people are paying. And uh, he's telling her to be more economical and, and turn more of a profit. So it's just a very cynical businessman and pie is what they have a little bit of a tug of war over. That's it for this episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can support this work on patreon.com slash lost in the movies. Tomorrow we conclude this week on part 13 by looking at my archive uh, for what I wrote just after this episode aired, like the night it aired before I'd seen what would come next back in 2017. And then we're going to conclude with a kickoff for part 14. I'm going to play the first minute of that episode, the audio, at the end of the next, uh, of, at the end of tomorrow, with a fair warning for those who haven't watched the series yet, or are watching it rather in time with the podcast. At that point, I'll play the audio and I will also uh, describe what we see. So that's tomorrow to conclude part 13's week. <laughs>